0: If you will join me in the seventh chapter of Luke, we are in the middle of three stories and three little paragraphs. Uh, in between, where Jesus is making the transition from not only preaching about this baptism of repentance that Luke is all about, not only teaching how we need to be uh, 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 realize that our citizenship is in heaven and not of this world, how we need to realize that That This is way more about the relationship and way more about the Messiah than it is about rules, than it is about um, 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 things that that we should follow, than it is about people or or religion. It's way more about that. And, and, And he starts to play it out in person. He doesn't just say it, he is actually doing it. And we see the centurion who comes to him and he says to the people who are following him, I haven't seen this kind of faith, not even in Israel. He says, guys, you church people don't even have the faith that this Gentile has. And they're blown away. They're like, first of all, Gentiles don't get what we got. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm about to throw it down for you. All right. And then after he heals this guy, From a distance, and the centurion witnesses this miracle, and his faith prior to the miracle comes to fruition. Jesus continues to do little miracles, play with children preach the gospel, and he's on this journey from Capernaum where he did all kinds of things from the healing of the paralytic to the faith of the centurion and all of those things. Capernaum was like a small town central hub for a lot of the, the ministry that Jesus had. And he takes a 10 to 15 mile, maybe 20 mile journey to this city called Nain. Alright? And that's what's going on. He's got this crowd of people and he's got his 12 disciples and he's got all of these other Pharisees and Sadducees, checking him out, and instead of just staying there and talking, he goes for a walk. He pulls a forest gun. I'm just going to run, and he goes, and, and, and people just follow. Kids are skipping behind him. Disciples are talking about what they've seen, what they've heard, how do they dissect it, right? And Jesus is just on his way because that's what Jesus does. I am about my father's business, right? And here's what happens next. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Important. And a large crowd from the town was with her. Interesting. It doesn't name them. It doesn't say anything about them. It simply says there was a crowd with her. We'll explain that shortly. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. I love that line. And and as we dig into the story, that line's going to be important. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, by the way, one of the strangest lines from Jesus in the Scripture, don't cry. Really, right? Somebody gets it. All right, we'll we'll get back to that. And then he went up and touched the beer all right, the, the, the thing which carries the casket, the pallet on which the body, the coffin, is carried. He went up and he touched it, which made him unclean, by the way. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. So we go from odd to flat-out weird, all right? The dead man sat up, then we go to freaky, all right? Just, and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. See, we all focus on this. The dead man sat up. When that happens, you and I both know everybody's going to focus there. But the scriptural truth is not there. It's here. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe. One translation says filled with fear. And they praised God. They were filled with fear and praised God, as we all would have been. A great prophet has appeared among us. This is a throwback. I'm going to show you how that plays out. God has come to help his people. Church, listen to me. God has come to help his people. Can you say that with me? God has come to help his people. You know, close to the brokenhearted. Uh, hope for the wounded. Say it again. God has come to help his people. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread. Well, no kidding. Dead man got up. Who did that? That guy. Of course it spread. Throughout Judea and the surrounding country. All right. Nain. Nain, 15 to 20 miles, a nine-hour saunter from Capernaum to where they are going. And in the midst of this saunter, really, you should think about the Forrest Gump scene, all right? People are joining in. Children are laughing and running up to touch his, his cloak, right? Disciples are literally trying to figure out the last thing that they saw and what Jesus meant by it. People are just excited to be where he is. Joy runs rampant, and, and, and it's a large crowd. So this is a parade heading this direction. You need to see that. You need to feel that because when they get To Nain, there is another parade, but we wouldn't call it a parade because of the attitude. We would call it a processional. They're coming out of the city. A funeral has occurred. An individual has passed away. There has been weeping and there has been mourning. And and, and here's what's going on here. First, we know that the the man was dead. certain. We know that because they're carrying him out, the funeral, as we would know it, has already occurred. We know that she had lost her husband already. She's felt this pain before. Not not the same. She's felt the pain of the loss of a spouse. Now she carries the pain of the loss of a child. But it's greater than this, because when she lost her husband, there was at least hope for a woman in this time, in this region of the world, because she still had a son who could speak for her, who could work for her, all right? When her son dies, she has nothing. Women can't do anything for themselves. The law doesn't allow for it. So she is completely at the mercy of everyone around her. She, upon his death, she went homeless and beggar. This is why... Jesus says, you must care, church, for the orphans and the widows. The orphans and the widows. Why? Because in the culture that Jesus was in, those were the two classifications of the people that could not care for themselves. Let me say that again. Could not It wasn't viable for them. The orphans have had their parents who God gives you to comfort you, guide you, protect you, and love you. And the widow, because she was female and they were lower in stature than the culture, she cannot get a job. She cannot, you know, she's homeless, worthless. And so the church is to care for the orphans and the widows. Now I want to stop and I want to clarify something today, right here, right now, because of the culture we live in. Church, First thing, we should love everyone more and beyond the orphans and the widows. We should care for, reach out to, try to help everyone. True story. We are called to constantly and consistently be a witness, be a light, and love those who cannot care for themselves. Stop, comma. You are not called for those who will not. I wanted to preface that by saying there is never a time we stop loving someone. But I am going to say this out loud. There is a difference between those who cannot, orphans and widows, and those who will not, lazy and entitled. In church, our job is to love them, but sometimes love hurts. Ask John in the book of the Revelation in chapter 3. Those I love, I rebuke. And discipline. So get real. That's the that be earnest is the King James. Get real is the NIV. And repent. Repent means to change your ways. And when they are, be ready to bless. Listen. If they can't, you help. If they won't, you wait for the turn. And then you run with them. All right? Just speaking here large crowd from the town was with her. More than likely, these were actually paid mourners. It was very traditional. So that you did not weep alone, so that you did not mourn alone for people to pay for mourners to be at the funeral of individuals in the town. It would have been highly likely at a widow for a widow. The people in the city would have collected money or they would have just come in for free and and, and wept with her. It, it is the Baptist equivalent of a meal train. Right? What can I do for you? How can I be with you? And what she needed was mourners. But listen to me. What she really needed was somebody who got it. And I always tell people all the time when they experience loss and they say, do you understand how I feel? No. Not even if I'd lost, God forbid, a a child, a spouse, a friend, a father, a mother. God forbid. But even if I had, my loss and my pain would not be the same as yours. And yours would not be the same as mine. We, we grieve and we hurt in different ways. And these people, though paid, these people, though genuine, had no idea the depths of her sorrow, no idea the mountains of, of, of emotions pouring out on her, no idea the fear of the life that was going to begin at the end of this march. None. And then the Awkward moment that none of us really realized when we read the first two verses of this that is now occurring as this joyous, almost circus of church meets head on with this somber movement. And you're like, yeah, 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 oh. Really? That had to happen, right? They're, they're coming into the city and out of the city and you've got... Da, 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 da. And everybody's like... Ha, mm, mm. These people are staring at these people like, be quiet. you know. Don't. And these people are staring at these people like, oh, uh, what do we do? What do we say? How do we, mm, uh, do we smile? Do we not smile? Do we wave? Don't wave. You know, there's this odd mix of emotions. And everybody's kind of staring at everyone. And this woman, all she's wondered this whole time is, how will I? What will I? Can this heal? Until she meets eyes with the guy in the center of it all. She's she's been scanning the mourners for somebody who got it, right? They're paid, but maybe, maybe she's now scanning these people full of joy for somebody who might reach out. And all of a sudden, her eyes catch the one they seem to be following. And everything fades away. And though Jesus is joy, in that moment, he was filled with sorrow. In that moment, his heart was broken with her. The God of the universe understands and comprehends all things. His emotions are boundless. And she saw for the first time in His eyes somebody who got it but didn't look away. Somebody who felt her pain but didn't run. Somebody who in some strange way was ultimately attracted to her, magnetized by one another. And He's drawn Almost to her, and when he gets right at her, he looks at her, and you'd think he'd say, Oh, or come here, but he says, Don't cry. Don't you think she wanted to say, What do you mean, don't cry? Crying is all I got. There's there, I can't speak, the words aren't there. I get it right and then it just overwhelms me again. I see, I see a picture, I think I, I of a memory, and I'm just, I can't. You can't. But I will. See, weeping with her would not have been enough. So Jesus casts off religion. He casts off regulation. He lives out what he's preaching and he marches right past her. Wait, help her. He is. And he touches the casket and everybody goes, priests go. The, The mourners carrying it go, what do we do now? And then Jesus does the strangest thing i got to stop here. How many of you have been to a funeral in the last 6 to 12 months? Okay. How many of you have been to multiple funerals in your life? Okay. I, I, I got one of these things that I know I'm not the only one, but I, I don't know if any of you all are going to admit it. But but it, it, when you go to a funeral, I'm, I'm 46 years old. When I go to a funeral, I know that they're there. I know that they're dead. It took me a long time to be able to, like, lay my hand out on their folded hands. Is there anybody else, though, who stares at that body knowing it's going to move any second? It doesn't matter. Like, you touch that hand, and 90% of you knows it's all done, but there's 10% of you going, she going to grab it. And you can't help it. I'll, I'll stare still. And I'll be like, there's going to be a little rise and fall. And I'm going to be like, ah, ah. <laughs> Anybody, am I the only one? <laughs> Megan's like, nope. <laughs> Got to go bake something. I get scared. I know, right? I, it's, I mean, I'll stare. And it'll happen in my mind. And I'm like, ah! you know? Well, now, now I, I ain't right. And I, you know, I, I just talk myself out of every funeral ever. Get somebody else. Now, now hear me out. Jesus touches this, this casket, and instead of saying, hold on, mama, it's going to be okay, he hadn't talked to her. He said, don't you cry. I'm going to need you to rise up. Everybody like, what in the, ah! <laughs> Y'all know, because brother, open casket. It was open when they traveled, all right? Everybody's like, what is he? What? What?" Dude gets up. You know they dropped that thing on their shoulder. It was like, and the guy's like, oh, I'm glad this was padded, you know? And he stands up. And don't you know mama squealed, cried, fainted, got back up, hugged, and danced a jig? This is what Jesus means when he says, I will turn your mourning." into dancing, right? Right? And everybody says, it's about the, the, the man. Jesus made a miracle, death to life. That's got something to do with it, but it ain't the point. The point is, he gave her back to the mother. You see, in this particular situation, that's only God can know, money wouldn't have done it. The only thing that was going to fix her world in the world she lived in was her son. And Jesus gave her back, her son. Will he give me mine? Will he give you yours? I will not make that claim. I will not make that promise. I promise you God will do exactly what you need him to do. They were filled with fear. Well, no, duh. They were awestruck. Well, no, duh. And then they said, a great prophet has appeared among us. Do you know why? Jesus pulled a, I'm going to play on their knowledge. I'm going to play on their history. I'm going to play with Steve Celine right here. I'm going to see if he remembers. If you know where Nain is on a map, It is less than two miles from a city called Shunem. Closer than Nicholasville is to Wilmore. And in Shunem, something amazing happened. There was a prophet named Elisha who brought a young boy back from the dead. Now, when Elisha brought him back from the dead in 2 Kings chapter 4, he bowed over the boy once and raised back up and humbled himself before the Lord a second time and raised back up, and the boy came back to life. His predecessor, the guy who gave him his cloak and set him forth, was Elijah, who in 1 Kings chapter 17 found a boy, son of a widow, only begotten son of a widow, who was dead, bowed over her once, bowed over her twice, bowed over her thrice, all right? And he rose back to life. When it happened in 1 Kings, all of the people went this is the great among the prophets. When Elisha did it, they all recognized the similarities except he only had to bow two times and so the word went out and Elisha was greater among the prophets. All of them would have known these stories. So two miles away from the spot where it happens, Jesus bows over nothing, leans over nothing, simply says, get up. And he heals the son of a widow with his words. And the people go, the greatest has come. Jesus played with all of them. It was about death to life, but it was not. And they said, God, listen to the choice of words. God has come, Emmanuel. It's starting to whisper and murmur. Unnamed it's happening because it's who he is. God has come to help his people. He is hope for the hopeless. He is, he, is, he is blessing for the unblessed. He is healing for the weak. He is freedom for the burdened. God has come. The greatest, and the news about him spread. Folks, it is not about the death to life. Elisha did it, Elijah did it, all in the power of God, but Jesus would do it again with Lazarus. Come on! This is about the heart of that woman and yours. The heart of the believer who understands that this is the God they serve. A heart that in all circumstances can cry out, yes, I will. Why? Because we know. We don't think. We don't wait. We don't hope. Though we have hope, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are no more tears, that there is no more night, that there is no more pain, that the old order is passed away and the new has come. And we live in that, and that is what God means. By thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That heaven has come to earth when we understand who he is, shouting, yes, I will, is because I am. And because the I am lives in me. Anybody recognize this name? We'll see if I can get through this. In the early 1800s, there was a very prominent, very godly lawyer named Horatio Spafford lived in the city of Chicago and made a name for himself, had a lot of great partners, ended up in real estate, owned a ton of property, did very well. Beautiful wife, godly family, four daughters, one son. The son fell ill and died. Within a year or two after that, there was a giant fire in the city of Chicago, the Great Fire, and his fortune was literally wiped out in the real estate that he owned by that fire. He was a good man, took the loss well, loved his wife, loved his daughters, got back on his feet, but they needed to get away for a time. And so he planned a trip across the Atlantic, I believe to England, so that they could vacation together. He had some things to take care of, and so he sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship across the Atlantic a day prior to his leaving. That ship went down. And he got a telegram from his wife. I alone survived. Come quickly. He got on that boat to go be with his wife. And the story goes that the captain came and got him and brought him to the front of the ship as they passed by the place where his family went down. And standing over the place where his daughters have died, he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Oh, Satan can buffet, trials will come but this blessed assurance controls. Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of the glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, was nailed to his cross, so I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight, and the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, and the trump shall resound, and the Lord will descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. This is a story about a God with authority over all things and the heart of his people who with fear recognize who he is, what he controls. And then in all things, he is working for a good we cannot fathom. And he will be the keeper of our hearts. This is the message. And he gave him back to his mother. The Lord will provide all of your needs according to His glorious riches. Let's pray. God, make us the kind of believer whose faith is the kind of believer that knows without seeing, rise up in us a faith so unabashed, so unhindered, that without needing to see a thing, we believe the clouds will roll, the trump will sound, and heaven will greet us. And the pain of this life that was never intended for us will be no more. Bring us that kind of hope. Help us understand that kind of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.